From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Daniel Sellerson. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yeah. And the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Daniel Salerson. How goes it? Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson, filling in for Sean Kelly today. Well, not a bad way to finish off the season. The Pelicans took down two straight playoff teams, the Thunder on Monday, and last night they beat the Rockets 105-100. to the Pelicans finished the season with a record of 34-48. and 48. That's seven more wins than last year. It's tough to think about what their record could have been with a healthy team, but nonetheless, the season is over and the future looks bright for these Pelicans. Tyreek Evans led the way with 25 points, shooting 11 of 20 from the field, and Austin Rivers had a nice night, 18 points on 6 of 11 shooting. The Pels shot 52% from the field and outscored the Rockets in the paint, 60-36. to 36. The Rockets rested some of their key guys, no James Harden and Chandler Parsons last night, and Dwight Howard played just 25 minutes. The Rockets clinched the four seed already, so they really had nothing to play for. Earlier today, Pelicans head coach Monty Williams addressed the media for his postseason wrap-up. It was a long one, about 40 minutes long of uh, good insight from the head coach. We'll have highlights from that on today's show. And also, Saints offensive lineman Ben Grubbs sat down with Sean yesterday to talk about a special trip to Angola prison last week. And you don't want to miss this interview. It's pretty good. Plus, our draft preview series continues with Jeremy Stoltz from the Bear Report. The Bears have the 14th pick in the draft, and we'll check in with him to see what the Bears have in store for this year's draft, which is coming up in just a few weeks. So, a good show for you today. Ben Grubbs, Jeremy Stoltz, and coming up next, Pelicans head coach Monty Williams on the Black and Blue Report. Dan Evans reporting live on the street for Newsbeat. People all across Louisiana are going crazy over getting their refund check. Reporter dude, I just got my refund check totally awesome. It seems a bit early to be getting a tax refund check, but wait, I just got word from the control room that refund check is a new scratch off from the lottery where you could win up to $4,000. You can get your refund check at any lottery retailer, but you must be at least 21 to purchase. Refund check from the lottery rocks. Dude. There's no better time to join your Pelicans as we take flight. All-star Anthony Davis is taking his team to the next level, and the Pelicans are soaring to new heights. 2014-15 season tickets are on sale now and start at less than $300, with lower bowl options as low as $37 per game. Season ticket benefits include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions, and much more. Take flight with the Pelicans. For more info, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Punt, pass, kick, and dunk. Lob to the rim, alley-oop dunk, Anthony Davis. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Earlier today, head coach Monty Williams addressed the media for the his postseason wrap-up. It was about 40 minutes long. We're not going to play the whole thing, but I wanted to point out some of the things that he didn't mention. First off, here's an overall recap of the season from head coach Monty Williams. Um, obviously, <clears throat> when the season is over, it, it it does take time to digest everything. But 
Um, you know, we <clears throat> we competed at a, a very high level uh, most of the season, um, having a number of obstacles that were um, put in front of us. Um, didn't help us, but helped us grow. Um, and, you know, I even go back to the summertime, you know, dealing with some personal tragedies. Um, Ryan's case in particular kind of um, threw the whole organization for a loop and um, took the focus off of basketball for a while. Um, and then we got back to solid in the preseason and um, ran off some games that I thought were important for us because we had so many new guys on our team. Um, and then as the season started, the uh, the injuries and um, to a degree inconsistent play um, kind of put us not in the hole, but we weren't playing um, as consistently as, as I would have liked us to play. And um, as the, <clears throat> the months passed, I just saw um, our team continue to grow, compete. Um, all of our games seemed like they were – nail-biting games, and, and that is is tough um, on any team, but especially a young team. Uh, and so I just felt like we, we got better every month. Um, even if the score didn't um, dictate it, it, it just seemed like we were always improving because we had all these different lineups. Uh, so many guys got a chance to contribute. So we didn't have the continuity, but I, I just I look at our practices and our shoot arounds and then, you know, in a number of games, we were able to uh, just keep getting better. Um, the Chicago game in Chicago was like a signature moment for us. And I felt like after that game, we were going to um, go to a different level but we just couldn't get over the injury bug. And so we, we, we couldn't get the continuity. But I was so and am impressed with how, how our team constantly, consistently um, just goes after our opponent every single night. And to hear, you know, some of the comments from different GMs and coaches and players around the league you know, after games, talk about our team and how we compete. And uh, being undermanned uh, didn't affect the way we approached the game. That was something that I was proud of. Um, the things that we can improve on, I mean, that, that's something that we all have to do. Uh, me, our coaching staff, our players, uh, we're going to look at everything as we start to do our team evaluations um, starting today. Um, so that I can go to Mickey and and give him a um, basically an encyclopedia on our team for this season as to where we are, what we need to do better, um, different things I can do uh, to help our team. Um, all those things are going to be done over the next few weeks so that we can be uh, even better uh, when late July, August rolls around and our guys start coming back to town. Uh, we can have... Uh, a few bullet points that we can give our guys to uh, look forward to, try to achieve, and um, continue to chase this this dream of being a champion someday. Austin Rivers earlier this week talked about how Monty made him a list 
about what some of the things he could improve on. And Austin was trying to do that uh, this season. One of those was foul shooting, which he did improve on. And so one of the uh, one of the members of the media asked the head coach about that list of some of the other players and uh, what Monty does to motivate these guys. There's going to be a number of things um, that I have to get across to them. Um, a lot of it's personal. You know, if I tell you, it, it, it kind of gives it puts them in a, a tough place because I, I don't want that stuff uh, public. But, you know, all of our guys, um, I, I have to be the heavy, you know, and I have to tell them things that most people don't want to. But that, to me, is what's going to help those guys get better. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I sat Drew and AD down before the season started last year, and I listed every person in their position that I thought was better than those guys, and they didn't like it. And I laminated it, and I gave it to them. And I said, here it is. And you may not like it, but this is the way it is. And these guys are better than you. And they looked at the list, and they were both hot. And, um, you know, so be it. But that that's the way I saw it, and I, I think that's the way the league saw it. And they both took it to heart. And so those are exercises that you do as a coach to try to uh, – I don't like false motivation. I was, I was just being honest with them. I didn't think that those guys were better than the players I listed. And um, we'll, we'll do stuff like that along with other things from, you know, getting stronger, getting better in certain situations, being more disciplined um, down the stretch, being a better passer. All those things will come into play as we do our team evaluation. And the last thing that uh, came to mind, everyone's talking about this starting lineup. Tyreek Evans exploded in the starting lineup in the last month or so of the season. And you had Drew Holiday back and Eric Gordon. How is that going to look? Monty addressed that as well. I thought about that, you know, and it, that's that's part of um, this evaluation that we're going to have. Um, but you have to weigh both scenarios. When you look at Tyreek, his effectiveness as a starter, uh, you can't just sneeze at that. That it, it, it It's a valid conversation. Um, and the, it's going to take some conversation with me and the staff and um, trying to figure out what's best for the team. I think the, the – the bigger key is going to be who can play that small forward spot along with those guys. And that's something that we got to address this summer. So, yeah, that's a valid question, but I also think it's, it's, there's more to the equation than just those two. You know, if we can, I think the thing that helps Tyreek is having a, a, a shooter out there with him, whether it be Ryan or another small forward who can just knock it down. Um, but yeah, it's something that, we're going to discuss um, a good part of the summer. And what about Eric as a sixth man? He was the third part of that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to speculate, but it is a part of the equation. Um, you know, Eric um, is a guy who can score the ball. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to um, – anything I say right now is going to get blown out of proportion, so I'm not going to, even though your, your question is a good one. Um, but I have thought about Tyreek in the starting role because he, 
for whatever reason, it just it just clicks for him. He just likes his name being called, or you know, I I don't get that. I really don't. I I was taught that it was about closing, not starting. And you know, these guys they they really get off on starting. And uh, he he is case in point. I mean, he is a totally different player when he starts a game and or when he comes off the bench. He's not bad. He's just he's just different. And you can't argue with his production. And that's something that, you know, we're going to have to – I have to make a, a huge decision on uh, this summer. So there you have it. You can catch the full press conference on pelicans.com. We'll also have more for you from that press conference tonight on the Monty Williams Show. When we come back, it's Sean Kelly's visit with Ben Grubbs on the Black and Blue Report. Okay. You've just been told you have a serious heart issue. Congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. Leading Edge Care. Just one more reason to choose an Auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report this Thursday. Uh, look who stopped by Studio B today. It's Ben Grubbs, everybody. The New Orleans Saints. Good to see you, my friend. We haven't seen you in, what, a couple weeks now, I think. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, we had uh, we had you here with Anthony Morrow last time. Right. That was our first ever Pelican Saints at the same time interview. Yeah. Uh, so you, well. you still hold that honor, I promise. Oh, yeah. Definitely, man. Yep. And you were rehabbing then, and here you are rehabbing again today. How's it been going? It's been going well. Um, you know, I'm still enjoying my offseason. Like I said, like you said, I'm rehabbing, I'm getting better each and every day, and just, you know, getting ready for this season. Yep, and you're still uh, actively uh, daddy duties at this time of year? Oh, yeah, you know, I dive in during the off season. Yeah. Give my wife a break. Yeah. She, she enjoys it when I'm home. So, you know, just waking up, making sure the girls are ready, cooking, cleaning, washing dishes. I have a pregnant wife, so, mm. you know, just making sure she, her job is as easy as it can get. When's the due date, Ben? August the 23rd. Oh, right in the middle of camp. Yeah, man. Hopefully we're back. But hopefully we're back from um, West Virginia. Uh, yeah, I, I think I haven't seen firm dates yet, but I think I think you're in the clear on that one. Although I, I will tell you this. Um, most women don't do well in South Louisiana when their ninth month of pregnancy is August. Hot. So be prepared for a very high electric bill, perhaps. As I know. The air conditioning could All be right. really cranked down for her. Yeah. And she, I mean, it's it's been... Um, She's like I love going to sleep when it's like freezing cold and you know she's the complete opposite but now like things are changing her body is changing and she doesn't mind the air so you know right now it's been it's been weird because it was 48 degrees this morning it was mm-hmm. even colder yesterday so you know we didn't we I turned the air off she actually turned the heat on this morning burned me up but 
You never know what you're going to get, man. No, no. You never know what you're going to get with a woman, period. And yeah. then when she's pregnant. Careful here, man. Yeah, I know, I know. Yep, yep. No, I, I love my wife very much. Yes, yes. Now, you have two. Is it two already? Three. Three? Yeah, two girls and two. a boy. Oh, my goodness. How old are they now? Yeah, I have my, my son is eight. My, my girls are eight and six. Fun ages. Yeah. And now a new baby coming. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting, man. You could write a book now. I know I, we don't. We're not. We're not finding out what we're having until, you know, she gives. You know, gives birth. So. Did you do that with the first three? No. No, you knew. No, no, no. Yeah, we knew. Okay, so, so, but at least at this point, since you've had girls and and a young boy, you should be covered, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as having things there ready to go, strollers and car seats, and although it was a little bit ago, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, my wife. She's back on the. On the um on the internet, you know, looking for things, look, yes. looking for newer things, newer models. Um, so you know, I let her do her thing. All right, fair enough, fair yeah. enough. Hey, I'm glad you came back by today because, you know, following on Twitter and and seeing what you were doing this off season, uh, we had talked about the softball game coming up in May, and I do want to talk about that before you get out of here today. But you and Mike Singletary, and I think some others too, mm-hmm. made a very faith filled visit up to Angola, to the prison there. Right, and I was fascinated by it. Not only, not only are are you the first New Orleans Saints player ever to go up there um, to visit, and and obviously serve as a minister in this case is what I'm gathering. But um, hey, look, that's that's you know, that's that's not the easiest place to go no. to go visit. How'd this all come about? Okay, let me back up. Who all went, and how did this come about? Well, um, our chaplain, Rob, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor Rob. He sent out a text, a mass text, uh, to myself, Ben Watson, um, Luke McCown, and I guess a few more guys. And uh, I was the only one that was able to go. You know, Ben Watson couldn't make it. Luke actually agreed to go, but his wife apparently surprised him with Final Four tickets. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So right, yep. he was like, hey, baby, you know, I'm going to Angola. And she, so she had to tell him. So he ended up backing out. So here I am by myself, man, and first time going to a prison, and I was I was I was a little I was scared. I didn't know what to expect, um, but you know, Pastor Rob, our chaplain, said that you know everything is going to be fine. He has done this often. Never been to Angola before though, so he was like, "You're pretty much your job is to just give your testimony," and I never really given my testimony. You know, God has been really moving in my life here recently. You know, just going to the PAO and, um, you know, being baptized and just, I guess, embracing my walk. Um, quietly. You know, I, I, quietly. Yeah. I couldn't turn it down. So, you know, I, I went to, so, you know, definitely be a support for him. So that's how it all happened. Went to Angola Prison here in Louisiana. And how did Mike Singletary get involved with this? Um, is this something well, that prison this, outreach this something been, he does? This has been going... This has been going on for a couple of years now. The guy who put it on is now the 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 chaplain for Chicago Bears. Uh, okay. He just got the job this year, so this is the first year that that athletes have been involved. Um, but he, this guy pastors a church in Willow Creek, Chicago, something like that, and um, so he got he gets the job, chaplain job for Chicago Bears, and he was like, "Well, let me see if I can get Mike, a couple more, you know, players from around the league." Um, I didn't know the other guys. Um, I think there was a guy from Jacksonville and one other place. Um, but 
you know, it was Mike spoke. Mike gave Mike gave his testimony, which was great. I uh, I gave my testimony, um, and then there was another pastor who preached, and they had a worship service. Their their worship group from Willow Creek, you know, saying, and they brought the house down. So. It was very interesting. Okay, so it was like a chapel service. Yeah. Yeah, cuz mm-hmm. when you first started you're like, okay, all I know is I got I'm going to go to Angola and give my testimony. Is right. this does this mean I'm walking down cell block D, you know, <laughs> <laughs> walking down the hall? No. This was more of a okay. like a church service. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when we get on so we get on the property, go through the gates and man, this 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 property is unbelievable. I mean, they the the prison sits on 18,000 acres. Um there's a, there's a golf course. I mean, there's lakes. I mean, the grass is beautiful. Um, they have like three or four chapels there. Um, they have a, semi- a seminary there where they actually the prisoners go to school to be um, to 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 become certified mm. preachers. So I mean, like there's a movement going through that prison, and that sort of prison was built 1960. Oh, man, I can't remember. But for a hundred years. That prison was like one of the bloodiest prisons, it, hor- horrible stories, in the country, yes. and now it's like one of the safest. And um, I mean, I walked in, I started talking to this guy, Big Lou was his name, and um, you're a big guy. How big is Big Lou? <laughs> big Lou was six six. Ooh. Big Lou was six six, and he was the chef. So I mean, Big Lou is like one of the nicest guys you can meet, man. Um, he was a chef for the staff, and. Uh, Man, he cooked us some good food, man. Catfish, potato salad, um, strawberry shortcake. I mean, the tartar sauce was like everything was made. Everything is made there. Like that prison supplies all the prisons in the state of Louisiana with their food. You kidding me? With their food, wow. yeah. Okay. And um, so, I mean, I, t- I took three bottles of hot sauce home that they made. <laughs> that they made <laughs> that there. They made there. All right. All yeah, right. he says that there's guys that could go in the wood in the woods and. You know, bring back a, a tree. A couple hours later, you have a bowl. I mean, these guys are just talented, and it's just man, so it was it was so sad, man. But you know, on the flip side of that, you know, when we start our when we started our worship service, you know, these guys were just praising, you know, praising God. They didn't hold anything back. It was unbelievable. You sound surprised. Uh, I mean, I didn't know I didn't know what to expect, so I didn't really. I didn't, I didn't. I mean, that's, that's all I can say. I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know how what these guys were going to look like. I didn't know how they're going to react. I didn't know, you know. I, I mean, you know, you see things on TV, but you really can't, you really can't take that to heart because you know it's TV. So, I mean, when I walked in, me being a New Orleans Saints player, I mean, they were going crazy, man. They were going crazy. And the chaplain for the prison told me, he was like, "Man, you're the first, you know, player to step foot in this prison," mm-hmm. and they uh you know they love their football they were telling me things i didn't even know <laughs> <laughs> about about the free agency and um you know they were excited man uh you know we had some great conversations i mean by the end of the day i was sitting there talking to them just like i'm talking to you not even looking at you know what they did i mean these are just human beings you know i understood i understood one thing that i got from it is you know they're not they're no different than me I mean, I I could I can be there. I mean, I've had some nights where I've I've probably drank too much. Never did drugs. Drank too much. Uh, you know, just hanging out with my buddies. Got in a fight here or there. I mean, I could have easily went down that path. I mean, it only takes a couple of seconds. 
It's one bad choice. One, one bad, really choice. bad choice. One really bad choice. On, and it only takes a couple, you know, 20, 30 seconds to be in that situation. And, you know, they they just got the short end of the stick, you know. But these guys, you know, they, you know, despite what they did, they're still serving serving the Lord. Yeah. Would you go back? Yeah, I'm going back. In that back. capacity. I'm, I'm going yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going back. And, uh, you know, my, my plan is to, you know, our chaplain here, Pastor Rob, he spoke about, you know, getting some more guys. And, 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 you know, going back because we can make a difference there. And, uh, you know, I hope that my testimony touched them. But, you know, quite honestly, they probably impacted me more than I impacted them. Mm. You know, and that's usually how it works. You know, the, those guys are, you know, because with their situation, some guys that I met, they had life. Uh, you know, Big Lou was in there for life. And I was talking to him, not knowing what he did, didn't really care because the, the way he – came off was, you know, a genuine, genuine guy. I didn't have to get up for anything. I mean, he took care of me at the table, um, you know, and, and you know, I, 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 I can say if I continue to go back, I mean, I can make some, some good friends. I mean, those guys are better than some guys I know off that, that, are, well, that are free here on the streets. You're not kidding about that. Yeah. So, um, did it touch you because, well, I mean, this is, there's a myriad of questions here. Did it become, did it touch you in any way because of your background? Where you're from, you know, area you grew up in? Did it touch you because mm-hmm. as a football player you're so far away from that? Did it did it touch you because maybe some of those guys are very close to you in age? What was there anything that maybe helped you identify or click with that particular ministry that if you look um, back on it now, what would that be? I would probably say just the the um the faith walk. Um you know, just practice the way they practice their faith and not being ashamed of it. You know, that's something that I'm I'm starting to em- embrace and something that I'm starting to dive into more and and get and get a better understanding. Um, you know, you know, one thing that was very touching was that you know those guys, you know, society view them as you know the lowest lowest people on the totem pole. You know, a lot of a lot of guys that are in there did some terrible things and have not been forgiven by a lot of people. Um, but despite of that, you know, they gave their life to Christ and, and they're, they're walking, they're walking that path that is going to send them to heaven, according to the Bible. And we look at that as, you know, they're locked up for the rest of their lives and that's, that's a bad situation. But I mean, if you really want to dissect the situation, maybe if they didn't do what they did, they wouldn't have given their life to Christ. And ultimately, going if you believe in heaven and hell, going to hell is a lot worse than being locked up behind bars. And if they so they gave their life to Christ, they die, they go to heaven and live eternally with, you know, Jesus Christ. And my beliefs are the same. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in heaven that you know people gonna be like how did you well you did that back then but it doesn't matter because if you gave your life to christ your heart was pure and it was genuine then you get a second chance and a lot of people don't give you know other second chances and you know that's unfortunate sounds like your faith was strengthened more than anybody else's on this trip oh yeah kind of like strength. you said they impacted you oh definitely much the definitely end. definitely mm-hmm. um are you gonna go back for the rodeo you ever heard about the Angola they told me ro- about yeah. the rodeo um yeah, I guess I want to check it out. Yeah, I guess I'm going to check it out. Um, 
Never really got into rodeo. Neither me neither, because I yeah I'm a I'm a city boy. You know I'll admit. Um, but you know they they have the big. All you ever hear about is the Angola Prison Rodeo, and nobody else knows about the things you discussed about the way the grounds are kept and everything mm-hmm. else. And they do know about the craftsmanship that comes out of there because as a part of the rodeo, it's a big craft fair as well. Okay. So like you were talking about the wooden bowls and all that. Yeah. That's all a part of that. So I've always wanted to go. So if you go, if you decide you're going to go up you, and check out with a rodeo. Me? I'm going to go with you and meet Big Lou, by the way. Big Lou is yeah. the man. All right. Um, I'm really glad you stopped by to tell the story because just we saw that, a little snippet of that, and we're like, man, I'd like to talk to Ben about that. So I'm glad you came by. Thanks for having um, me. Keep up the good work on the rehab. Oh, yeah. Keep Mama happy at home. Yes, sir. And by the way, give us uh, anybody confirmed uh, for the softball game. Do you have any uh, further yeah, celebrities uh, or players? Yeah, Zach Street's confirmed, uh, Pierre Thomas. Um Kenny Vaccaro, I don't know if he'll be healthy by then, but, you know, he says he's working, you know, to be ready. Not for my game, but for the season. Well, yeah, for the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, he'll be out there. Um, so that's about it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting until the 21st just so I'll see the guys and, um, you know, start getting confirmations and I start tweeting out the rosters. All right. And so, but the event itself is May 21st, correct? May 21st, yes. At Zephyr Field? At Zephyr's Field. Um, the Home Run Derby starts at 6 o'clock. Okay. Tickets still available online? Yeah, tickets are online. You can go to Ticketmaster or you can go to the ticket uh, office at Zephyr Stadium. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, I may have to have you come back right before the NFL draft, if you don't mind. Yeah. Just NFL to, draft, huh? Yeah. Can you believe it? It's May 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're right there. It's crazy. I mean... We've already asked they, you about free agency. I'm yeah. curious to know what your thoughts are about what it's like going through that process, the draft process. The draft process? Yeah. Right now? No, no, no. You're asking? No, oh. we'll have you back, you know, in a couple of weeks. No, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, That's one fine. last push for the softball game. Check your rehab. Mm-hmm. Ask you about the draft. Cool? Okay, yeah. All right. Ben Grubbs with us here from the New Orleans Saints. Another great visit. You never know, especially when Ben comes by, what we're going to talk about here <laughs> on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, we need to have you sign the door here at Studio B. Do you notice our new door? So we'll have you sign it on the way out. All right, more on this Thursday on the Black and Blue Report right after this. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, What? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Well, our draft series continues today and takes us to the Windy City where the Chicago Bears had the 14th pick in the draft. And joining us now to talk about the Bears draft possibilities is the publisher of Bear Report Magazine and BearReport.com, Jeremy Stoltz. Jeremy, good morning and thanks for coming on today. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. Now, the Bears have done some damage in free agency on the defensive side. They've signed Lamar Houston, Jared Allen. With that being said, what are the positional needs the Bears are looking for to fill in this draft? 
Well, defensively, you have to look at the secondary. Um, you know, both cornerback and safety are, are needs. The Bears have a couple of Pro Bowl cornerbacks, but uh, Tim Jennings is 30 and, and Charles Tillman is 33. None, neither are long-term options. And when you're in a division where you have to face Calvin Johnson and Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, twice every year, you know, you're going to need that cornerback who's going to be able to shut those guys down. So I think you definitely have to look corner early and safety as well. The Bears had two of the worst safeties in the league last year, Major Wright and Chris Conte, and didn't really do much to improve that position in the offseason. Uh, you know, so I think you could look at either of those positions as early-round picks for the Bears. With those free agent signings, there's a possibility they could trade down with that pick, or are they pretty much locked in at 14? No, I think Emory would be, uh, you know, GM Phil Emery would be happy to move back um, if he can find a trade partner and get good value. I think this is one of the deeper drafts, particularly in the first round, uh, you know, where if you move back into the into the 20s, you can still get a player that in a typical uh, draft might be a top 15 player. Uh, but I think that every team, you know, probably probably from 10 to 20 is going to be looking to trade back. So it might be a little difficult, but if the right, if the right trade is there, Emory will definitely move back. That brings me to my next question. Coming with a, a pick like 14th, kind of in the middle, is it rare to be trading down or teams trying to move up at the 14? Or are we, are we seeing it a lot more, especially maybe this um, uh, this uh, draft with the depth of it? Well, I think, it honestly, it comes down to the quarterback position. I, I think if you see some of those top three quarterbacks, one or two of them drop into the teens, then you're going to have some of those later teams looking to trade up and, and get into that mix for one of those quarterbacks, just considering how important that position is today. So if you know you get a Johnny Manziel who, who somehow drops out of the, 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 the top ten, you know he falls to the Bears at 14. They're in great position to look back and you know maybe the Cleveland Browns or, or even the 49ers with what's going on with Kaepernick, uh, you know maybe may wanting to look up, uh, trade back up and, and get into that mix for one of those quarterbacks. Uh, otherwise, I don't really think that you know any team in that in that top fifteen area will be in a great position to move back. On the offensive side, what are the needs for the Bears? Well, I think you have to look at running back, and I know that the Bears have uh, one of the you know Pro Bowl running back and Matt Forte right now. But you look at his number of carries; he's approaching the two thousand touch mark here for his six year career, and that includes almost a thousand touches at Tulane. Um, you know, typically around 2,000 touches is when a, a running back starts to decline. So you have to think that this year might be his Forte's last year of top tier production, and then after that, you have to you have to start considering options going forward. Uh, you know, at the running back position. So uh, you know, there, and you're also looking at a backup running back. Uh, you know, if, if Martellus Bennett goes down for the Bears, they're going to be in, in big trouble at the, at, at the tight end position. So you know, those two areas I think are, are, are priorities in this year's draft for the Bears. We're talking with Jeremy Stoltz from the Bear Report, bearreport.com. So with, um, with that 14th pick, are they going offense first, or do you think they go defense first? Well, you know, most people would tell you that they have to go defense just because they had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. Um, you know, a historically bad defense for the Chicago Bears, uh, ranked 32nd in the run for the first time in the 94-year history of the franchise. But like you, you pointed out earlier, uh, you know, the Bears have done a lot of work to solidify that defensive line. They have some young linebackers. They still have Lance Briggs. They signed D.J. Williams as another uh, veteran linebacker. So he, they've done a lot of work on the defensive side of the ball. So if they wanted to go offense, and like I said, maybe tight end, maybe, you know, an Eric uh, Ebron from uh, North Carolina, you know, that type of player would all of a sudden propel the Bears' uh, passing attack into the, you know, one of the elite units, potentially one of the elite units. So it would not surprise me, considering all the work that they've done on the defensive side of the ball, to see them go offense uh, you know, and, and kind of shock everybody, which is kind of what, what Emory is like to do in, his, uh, in the first round.
All right, time to put you on the spot. I know it's hard to predict that 14 with all the trades that could happen, but at 14, maybe one or two players that you see the Bears taking. Well, even though even though I just said they might go offense, I, I do I do believe that uh, you know the the right move, the correct move would be to go defensive. I think if Aaron Donald, the Pittsburgh defensive tackle, if he falls to 14, uh, you know he he's going to be tough to pass up. He's that uh, that three technique penetrating defensive tackle that four three teams covet. Um, but I could also see them going cornerback, and you know, Darkey's centered. Um, you know, if he if he fell down, the Michigan State cornerback all the way to 14, he's a he's that lockdown corner that we talked about, and who might be able to match up with Megatron and Jordy Nelson. So I think if either of those players on the board uh, at 14, the Bears would be uh, you know crazy to pass them up. That's Jeremy Stoltz of the Bear Report and BearReport.com. Jeremy, how can people find you on Twitter? At Bear Report. Uh, we're, we're on there every day, and you can come check us out at bearreport.com. Awesome. That's Jeremy Stoltz talking to Chicago Bears. Next week, we continue our draft coverage with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you so much, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you. When we come back, I'll wrap things up on the Black and Blue Report. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. SiriusXM subscribers now have a place to talk NBA 24-7. SiriusXM NBA Radio. To the lane, lays it up, he lays it up! With experts like Steve Kerr, Kenny Smith, Lionel Holland, Sam Mitchell, Jerry Stackhouse, and many more. Plus, guest appearances by NBA players, coaches, and GMs. Get closer to this. LeBron to the rim with a two-hand jam. And this. Durant, fades and fires the rainbow 18-foot jumper is a thing of beauty. By listening to SiriusXM NBA Radio. Channel 217. And the SiriusXM app. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. Well, that'll do it for today's show. Our thanks to head coach Monty Williams, Ben Grubbs, and Jeremy Stoltz for coming on the show. A couple programming notes. Tune in to the last Monty Williams show tonight at 8 p.m. on 105.3 WWL-FM. I'll be filling in for Sean Kelly as well. You'll hear a good portion of Monty's press conference as he recapped the season this morning on Airline Drive. There'll also be no black and blue report tomorrow as we'll take a long Easter weekend. We'll be back on Monday for another edition of the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at Black Blue Report or follow myself at D Sounders. I hope everyone has a fantastic Easter weekend and until Monday, in the words of Sean Kelly, so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.